0: Hi, and welcome to today's meeting of Book Hoarders Anonymous. Let's all begin by introducing ourselves.
1: Hi, I'm Shannon, and I'm a book hoarder.
0: Hi, Hi, Shannon. Shannon. Hi, I'm Erin, and I'm a book hoarder. Hi, Hi, Erin. everyone, and welcome to this episode of Book Hoarders Anonymous. This is Erin. And this is Shannon. And we're here to talk about all sorts of things that happened during our two months or so that we were on hiatus. Uh, yes, it's been a very busy two months. Yeah, especially for you. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, you know, in case none of you know, Shannon has moved and also started a new job.
1: I did. I started two weeks ago. I am the reader's advisor for the Washington Talking Book and Braille Library in Seattle, which is where I'm living in a suburb of now. And I started that job on the 20th of February, and um, as we record this, it is Sunday, and I will get paid tomorrow. (laughs) That's
0: interesting.
1: Yeah, well, it's like the 10th and the 25th are our paydays, huh. and because today is the 10th, like, obviously.
0: It's not going to be the 10th. not going
1: to be the 10th. It's going to be tomorrow. Um, but it, it's very exciting, and I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm working with lots of interesting people and um, learning more about catalog management and, and libraries than I ever wanted to know.
0: <laughs> so exactly what is it that you do on this job?
1: So what I do is um, when people call the library and want to know about um, and want to order books, they talk to me. And a lot of people um, these days pretty much do it all online. But, um, you know, we have a lot of of elderly patrons that either, you know, aren't very computer savvy or, um, like, don't have access to computers at all. So then they talk to me and and i put in the books that they want and and i send them out to them hopefully <laughs> i i have made already um like one of the first calls i took was somebody who wanted two specific books and i managed to send her two books that were entirely the wrong things that she ordered whoops so then they have to call back and be like hey lady what's up with that <laughs> but also um people talk to me about um in anything to do re- really with reading the books that they get um, whether it's it's th- questions about the digital player from, from NLS or um, Bard I sometimes have answered questions about that and our library has a, a website that you can download locally produced books from and um, so lots of times people have asked about that and in fact um, that that website got a real got a plug on the the Bard Talk email group the, the last I weekend. saw that
0: so, I saw that good
1: for you so like the monday after like there were there were I think three or four messages that I had to forward from the voicemail to the guy that does our our um reader services who who's the one that sets people up with those accounts mm-hmm. um so it was kind of funny that that um
0: and we got so so popular all of a sudden very quickly That's great. Um and and there are some interesting options that you have in your cataloging system that we as lowly patrons don't have. I was I was lo- looking on Twitter uh, and and you said that you could pull up lists of books narrated like by different accents, like people with British accents. There's a whole list, well, a way to do that one of the things that they like
1: that that you do as a, as a cataloger is like you assign what are called interest codes to books which basically um, they're like um, a lot of them are are because people will call us and say things like well you know I don't want I don't want to have any books read by a woman because I just don't like female narrators mm. so there's an interest code for that and and so you know they, those books get put um with, get tagged with that that female narrator interest code so mm. mostly so that um you know if people want books like that they they can get them and then if they don't want books like that then then they won't and and um the yeah the british accents was was another one that that they that they had um and then there's also one for southern accents too. That's interesting. I I thought so too. And and um like there are all kinds of of like interesting subject codes that we that we've used like um oh, what was what was my favorite? Um black interest contemporary serious fiction. What? As opposed to black interest contemporary non-serious fiction. But it makes sense. I guess the book that we reread this month would be classified under black interest contemporary I guess. Fiction.
0: I'm going to call you back one more time. Okay. Ugh.
1: It may just do that. You'll just have to deal with it. Does it, uh, it doesn't really sound that bad.
0: okay i'm back yay maybe it's just sunday yeah it's better okay okay so yeah i we'll start over again not over the podcast but i'll do the three two one thing again okay okay three two one I, yeah, I, I agree. I think the book that we read this month, uh, Mama by Terry McMillan, we'll discuss it in a little bit, uh, does classify as, what was that you said again? Um, black interest, contemporary, serious fiction. Sheesh. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, pretty good. it's a mouthful. <laughs> um, so any other bits of flotsam that you'd like to tell us about your new job and duties? Um.
1: I can't think of very much in particular except to say that, that um well, I never realized how how important Braille literacy was, like as a an actual concept, um until I started working at this job and have noticed that I've had exactly two patrons in the last two weeks request things in Braille.
0: Wow. So
1: um and I know why a lot of people don't. I know why I don't request books in Braille. Like, one, because the selection isn't very good, and two, because there's just a space issue. But, you know, if you read books in Braille, y- you know, you should, you should see that they circulate so that we can keep getting funding to have books in Braille produced.
0: There you go. That's a very <laughs> good point. That's a very good point. Um, and I don't read as many books in Braille as I, as I know that I should. Um, and that started when I moved into an apartment because there was nowhere when I moved into a dorm at college, even because there was nowhere Uh for them to, I mean, you know, like to get mailed to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if they were mailed to my, if they were mailed to me, they'd have to sit at the post office. And if I was in the dorm until I could go and pick them up and then lug them all the way back, you know, I didn't have a car, so I had to walk with these boxes. That was kind of you know, not very useful. And then when I lived in an apartment, it was kind of the same because I, I had a little bitty mailbox that you could put envelopes in and not much more. Um, yep. So I stopped receiving them there. And I thought, you know, when I moved into the house, and people could throw stuff on our porch now that uh, I may start reading them again. But but it didn't happen for one reason or another. Um, I find reading in Braille a lot slower than reading in audio. And I just never got I never got around to requesting them.
1: Yeah. Well that's the same way with me. That's uh, almost exactly the same reason that, that I've quit requesting books in Braille, but and, and I probably still wouldn't if it weren't for the fact that I work at the library and I can just lug them home in my backpack there and you don't have to carry those huge boxes. Mm-hmm. Um but it, you know, it's just it it like it's just interesting. It's it's um like I know that the the um director of NLS really would like to see some kind of cheap refreshable Braille display option available so that, like, more people could get access to web Braille because otherwise, you know, unless you have a note taker or, you know, something like that, you're
0: yeah. kind of stuck. And I know so. that um, there have been some people there in various fields that have been trying to develop various – various? I'm saying various a lot uh, – cheap – Braille display options, in particular, I'm thinking of Dean Blazy, who was trying to, he was the sort of inventor of the Braille and Speak back in its early days when there was Blazy Engineering, and yes, I have mm-hmm. one of the first Braille and Speaks ever, um, but he, he had a, a vision a few years ago that he put out of a Braille display that was going to be like the equivalent of one page you know, an entire page, it could display an entire page at a time using technology that was a lot cheaper than the, supposedly a lot cheaper than what they use now, which is essentially every pin in every cell has its own individual motor. That's how mm-hmm. displays are constructed. And his was like, I don't know, it was different. And I'm not, I don't remember exactly what his thought was behind it. But I do know that, you know, each and not, there's not just him. There were some people in Israel that were trying to develop a Braille display too with like magnetic, some magnetic concept with magnetism. And I don't know. It seems like all the um, kind of new things that they're trying to develop flop for some reason or you never hear about them again.
1: Yeah. And I don't know what the solution is. It's just, you know, like, it, it, it's just very sad that Braille is is not being more widely used especially um and you know like I said I like I get it like I know why I don't read books in braille very often it is a lot slower and and like reading on a braille display even if you have one isn't particularly fun (laughs) you know because you're reading line by line Mm -hmm. um but but it's just it's like but that it's so important
0: Mm -hmm. yeah I agree I agree. Um, so, if you don't mind, let's move along and discuss what you've been reading. So, uh, talking about reading in Braille, have you read any books in Braille over the past few weeks since you've gotten your new job?
1: I did, actually. I took home um, The Curse of Challion by Lois McMaster Bu- Bujo, mm-hmm. Bujo. I don't know how you pronounce her name. Um, but she's one of my favorite authors, and um, I... I have I've loved her Miles Vorkossigan books and although I love them so much that I haven't finished the series. But they're all available in Braille, so well, I'm there gonna, you go. Um but <laughs> it it was a book about um it was a fantasy book and, and it was about um like th- these people that believe in, in five gods and the gods each kind of play different roles in people's lives and they um the The royal household of the family was was given some sort of curse by um, somehow, and and the gods were trying to to get rid of it and, and haven't really been able to. And then, of course, our hero who is outside of the family and working for them as a servant, um, you know, he basically comes in and and um, you know fixes that, like it these works to untangle the curse and it was a really good book. Um, it was fun to read it in braille. It did take me several days. I probably could have finished it in, in a lot less time. Had I, had I not, um, had I read it in, in audio, but Mm -hmm. it was really fun. And I'm definitely going to, to read the next book, which I think is called the hallowed. No paladin of souls is the next book. And, um, Let's see other than that. um the library had a a book club um last thursday and and for that we read "O Pioneers" by Willa Cather, which I read in high school. but I think I started to read it in high school and then never finished <laughs> and, <laughs> and and so I read it um for for the book club, and it was a short book, and it was it was i I liked it a lot um it's about, you know, a, a pioneer family in Nebraska and sort of the struggles they go through and how important the land is to them. And, and um, it, it was very excellently done.
0: And that's good. Um, I, I've never read that. Uh, the reason I was laughing when you said read it in high school was I, I, I immediately started thinking, oh, well, let's just make stuff up so we can write our paper.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, I don't think I had to read that one in high school. I think that might have been one of those, like you know, recommended b- books by my English teacher. Oh. You know, that I I read just just for the heck of it. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, what else have I been reading? Um, right now, I'm reading um, I'm reading Plague by Michael Grant, which is the fourth in in the Gone series, which are, which are young young adult. Um horror slash dystopian books. Basically, um the way the way that it it's been sold to me is a series is Lord of the Flies Meets Stephen King.
0: Pretty much, yeah. I've read that too. Well I've read yeah. the first two books I think.
1: And and the funny thing was that, that in this book, um I don't think it's that much of a spoiler because the title is Plague, but but <laughs> there are um there, People get sick all the time in this book, and, and I was reading part of it during my lunch break, Ew. and there were parasites, and that's all I'm going to say, and I was eating my peanut butter and jelly uh. sandwich, and I was not expecting there to be parasites, and suddenly there were parasites, and all of a sudden, my sandwich just didn't really appeal that much anymore.
0: I had a similar experience that I'll share when we talk about books we've been reading, but... <laughs> <laughs> and-
1: other than that, um, I think that's that's about all that I can think of that um have been really memorable to me lately. It's I haven't been reading a whole lot because of um you know, like starting Nerving. a new job and just not really having quite so much time. But mm-hmm. although I do have like two two hour long ferry ferry rides every day, so I do get a lot of reading done
0: um during those hours. I bet. Otherwise what are you gonna do, right? <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Um what did I even read this month? Okay, last two months. Um I read a book uh part of the fa- uh Fallen Angel series by J.R. Ward. And for those of you who don't know who she is, she also wrote the Black Dagger Brotherhood Brother Bra- pff- Black Dagger Brotherhood. I can never say that uh series about vampires, and under her real name, Jessica Burge, she's written regular old romances. But um, the Fallen Angel series, or I think it's called the Sin series, I don't quite remember, uh, is about this guy named, uh, we'll just call him Jim, actually that's his first name, Uh, and he was kind of like in this paramilitary group when he was alive, and then he dies and is reincarnated because, sort of, as, as an angel so that he can basically save the world, Um, and it's the books are just hilarious just absolutely I mean like the first one especially I was just in stitches the whole time it's a very serious I mean you know fight between good and evil that kind of thing but at the same time she just does such a good job of making this it's kind of like the Black Dagger Brotherhood books just funny I mean you know the struggle is a serious thing but she puts humor into it and of course it goes without saying that there's romance involved <clears throat> um, and and I've read the first couple. Uh, there are four, uh, and and those were fun. And and part of the um, the fun of it is also the narrator. Uh, commercially, they're narrated by Eric Dove, uh, and Bard also has those versions too. They kept you know they're allowed to use them, and and so that made that made the books even more fun because he just has the. The angels, you know, they're like macho men, kind of, you know, they're not your typical angels with harps and robes and, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, And he just has the voices down just great. Let's see, what else have I read? Um, I read um, a book called The Humming Room, and it's a book about, well, it's kind of a takeoff on the secret Garden. Uh, by Francis oh, Hodgson fun. Burnett. But it's, it's. I'm such a secret garden fanatic. You know, I've read the book so many times and love it to death. And that this one was just, uh, I mean, it was such a, such a takeoff. And I, I found myself through the book, despite my best efforts not to, thinking, oh, what's this relate to? You know, like, what is she plagiarizing from, you know, from this book? Oh, she's plagiarizing mm-hmm. this, she's plagiarizing that. Um, and so it kind of, for me, got to be a little less interesting because I kept doing that and I should have just shut down and, you know, let it go and move along and not really think about it. But, but I didn't. And it, uh, that said, though, it was a very sweet modern day version of, of the secret garden. Um, and instead of, you know, a creepy old manor house out in the middle of the plain somewhere, it was a creepy old manor house out in the middle of a river on an island. And uh, you know that had its own garden greenhouse instead of just a you know a garden on the property. Uh, so it was it was fun, a nice cute little read. And I have also discovered the fascinating world of Alex Delaware, the Alex Delaware mysteries written by Jonathan Kellerman. I've read a couple of those too, and he is a Alex Delaware is a child psychologist who's. You know, working with the police department to solve crimes, and it's interesting because the author himself was a child psychologist before he started writing uh, full time as a career. And so, you know, he brings his expertise to that, you know, to that series, and and it's fun. Um, I have to say that one of the, I read one book, uh, I read both the books from Bard, and one of them was narrated by Roy Avers, and the other one was. David Hartley Margolin, and I just don't like him, so that was kind of that one in particular was a little less fun for me but but they're all they're all you know pretty good and and they're all pretty much sort of the same you know in terms of you know they're all who done it books basically mm-hmm. um but but they're fun and and I'm not much into the mystery thriller suspense genre I used to be, and then I kind of got away from it but um you know for for those of us who you know I've, I just dip into it from time to time. And I, yeah. and I do have to say one final thought that I am uh, also dipping into several books of short stories because over the next several months, I'm not going to have time to really read a lot. And so I figure if I've got some short story collections to kind of dip into every once in a while when I want to escape and, and have, you know, a story, I can put it down and then come back to, a, you know, the next story and it won't take up a whole lot of my time and um, this this particular collection is called The Weird, and it was edited by Jeff Vandermeer and his wife, Anne Vandermeer. Uh, Jeff Vandermeer is a, is a horror novelist. Um, and the, the one story that I will mention is something that uh, you were talking about the whole thing with parasites. Uh, this particular story I read during my lunch break the other day at work, and it was just nasty. It was called... And I forget the author. It's, I think it's um, Brian Evans, who's a, a modern horror author. Was called the Brotherhood of Mutilation, and Ew. basically, oh, it was just disgusting. It was about this this guy who, um, essentially, he he was. It doesn't it doesn't talk about the event. It, it comes in after he had to cut off his hand because it was you know traps and being crushed, and he had to cut it off. But the story comes in after that. And he is recruited by this cult, club, I don't know what you want to call it, of, of guys who have had parts of themselves amputated to help solve a murder. At least that's what he thinks he has to do. And and it's not like they've all had their the parts of themselves amputated by accidents, although some of them have. But it it's like a case of... A case of more is better. So, at some point, they, they receive the call, if you will, and, and have another part of themselves amputated. It's like a religious experience. It's so weird. So you know, oh, someone will crazy. will 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 amputate a, you know a joint of his index finger, and and then he is higher up in the chain of command because he has one more mutilation to his credit. It's it's it was so nasty.
1: That reminds me of a couple of things, actually. One oh, of them God. was um, the novel, the Geek Love, which is one of my favorite books. And, and that's like one of the themes in there is people voluntarily mutilating themselves. And then um, the other one is there is a short story Stephen King did along that line. Um, I forget what it was called. But I forget it was like- that, too. He was stuck on a desert island, and and the only and he was a surgeon, and the only thing he could. But to show yeah, me.
0: he's he's on he's on a you're right a deserted island, and he's a surgeon, and all he's got if, uh, for supplies are a big bag of heroin and some knives. Apparently, and he has to not just cut off parts of himself, but eat them in order to stay yeah. alive. And ugh, yeah, this really wasn't that bad although i guess since i was eating my lunch it was you know yeah it was uh more telling but um okay so those are my reads for this month (laughs) yeah on that evil evil note um i don't think i have any book news to talk about uh this month i just didn't find anything that was really interesting i didn't either
1: the only thing i know is that you know Yet again, uh, the library of NLS is saying that, that we may have a, a barred app for the iPhone as early as this summer, but we don't know. We don't know. We have no idea. I don't even know, like, as somebody that works for an NLS library. But, like, my guess is, your guess is as good as mine. Right. Um. Uh, any other... um. Book news of note is that I think I intend to buy a new Victor Reader Stream with my first paycheck.
0: Yay! Um, just a, a note, though. Yeah, a note that the current version uh, of the the new and improved Victor Reader Stream two does not yet support Audible. Uh, which is irritating and weird because for version for the first sort of incarnation of the stream, which I have, you can purchase what they call the soft pack, which is some additional firmware you can install on the unit that does support Audible. Why they just couldn't get the second stream to support Audible too and use that same set of firmware? I that just boggles my mind.
1: I I don't know, but I feel like it the um, being able to. Um to to get books wirelessly, I feel like that will be a huge thing. So I'm I'm really tempted anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and I and you know I can always when I because I I do believe that they are going to fix that. So oh, they yeah. will eventually support Audible, and I feel like like you know I'd be okay with running an update anyway. Because the other thing is that since I run a Mac, um. <sighs> Um, authorizing any device to play Audible requires a Windows computer. Really? Ooh. Yeah, because the Mac, the Mac, what, what the Mac does with Audible is it converts them automatically into iTunes and you don't have an Audible manager. Mm-hmm. So um, in order to convert Audible or in order to, to authorize a device, you have to hook it up to a Windows computer that does have Audible manager and then... Um, you know sign in with your account and and use the the Audible manager to do it that way. So well, luckily my roommate has a Windows computer so I'll just use that one. There but- you go. Um
0: one other bookish thing for the speaking of the Black Dagger Brotherhood that reminds me that the latest book Lover at Last came out as of this month. Um oh that's right. I think so- it,
1: it's either came out last week or yeah, yeah, it
0: did Yeah, so For those of you who are so inclined It is now out um, I don't know that I want to read it yet I sort of OD'd on the Black Dagger Brotherhood last year And <laughs> I think I want a break I mean, I read all Yeah I read all ten books in a period of three weeks I think I want a break I I can understand that <laughs> Okay. Um, speaking of books, isn't that what we've been doing this whole time? Yeah, hmm. that's what we've been talking about. Hmm. Um, go figure. I think we should now move along to talk about our monthly read. Um, it yes, is... we read
1: "Mama" by Terry McMillan, and um, I forget the name of the the person who who narrated it for for NLS. It was Juanita Bethia somebody... Yes um somebody who who was not very prolific from <laughs> like what i could tell
0: yeah i don't think she's done much and i i didn't like her style no but i think she was good for the book i mean it's it's a book about you know african american women and you know told from their point of view and since she's african american i think she was a good choice for it but i was trying to explain uh you know to rodney why i just did not like this book and I could not finish it Well I did finish it but it took me a while And part of it was her style Because she yeah. sounds like she's reading the book
1: Yeah there's not really a performance to it And, yeah. and she definitely um, Was more of a reader Than anything else um, I read it I Since I, I was commuting I didn't and I don't really feel like Taking my digital player with me In my backpack um I read it I read um parts of it on Bookshare on my phone and um so that kind of like took away from that. I didn't actually get to hear Juanita very much. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was I I struggled with the book for a couple of reasons. Um one of them is that, that it was very um I I, I think I just don't really like um that genre of books. I feel like they're very like I don't want to read about people who who struggle against like hopelessness and depression, and then nothing changes in the end, like they're still exactly where they were at the beginning of the book, except older and um and also, debatably wiser <laughs> of, yeah yeah and 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 Like, this book didn't feel as exploitive to me as things like, like, um, Precious, which was another book I struggled with. Um, but it was definitely like, I, I, and I, I think a lot of it is that I, I wasn't, you know, I don't really understand that kind of experience. You know, I wasn't around in the sixties and seventies and I don't know what women went through, but it just seemed like, oh my god, what lady, can you just
0: like stop drinking? I wanted her to stop drinking. <laughs> stop drinking and stop getting involved with men who are obviously no good. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I I had some of the same problems with the book and I think I could sort of empathize a little bit because I my work involves dealing with people who are in that kind of position. Um in a position of poverty, regardless of, you know, what, what race you are. And so, I mean, I kind of get where she was coming from about not having a lot and having to do, you know, and, and having to find a way for, you know, to account for every penny. And then on top of that, not knowing how to budget. and And I yeah. see that all the time. And so I understood that, but it was so, I mean, like, I didn't like any of the characters. I really didn't.
1: No, like every time I thought there was a character that was going to be like more interesting to me, they would um, get hooked on cocaine or something.
0: Exactly, or do something stupid. I mean, I think the relationship between um, Mildred and, and her daughter Frida was a very nice touch to the book. Yes. But, and, and they were both so such self-destructive personalities that they they complimented each other quite well. And, and the fact that they both seemed to have come out of it Okay, come out of their you know self destructive behaviors at the end kind of was a was a good you know it was a good ending, but you were kind of like okay they've they've been better before, so how long is this betterness going to last yeah
1: you know? and and i i the other thing about the book was that it made me think of um another book I read that I found really problematic um which was Mildred Pierce by james kane which um was made into a movie starring Joan Crawford. Anyway, um, like, and mostly because the, the, it was a Mildred in both, both cases that uh-huh. were the mothers and, and um, in both cases, like the, these Mildreds had daughters that were very strong personalities. And so um, I kept kind of expecting that, that some of Frida's self-destructiveness would end up being um, like directed at her mother's the way it was in that other book. And um, like, luckily that didn't happen but, like, but, but, I kept like thinking about that other book, which I didn't like either, and I think that kind of um didn't really improve my attitude toward this one,
0: yeah, and i and I can't say that I disliked this book, although I didn't much like any of the characters in it, which that sounds kind of like a oxymoron, but i I can't say that in in the end, it was a terrible experience for me to read the book, I thought it was it was a you know i I would read it again. Well, no, I wouldn't read it again, but I don't regret reading it. I'm glad that I no. you know, gave it a shot and read it um, and, and got to know these people a little bit. But I wouldn't want to read anything. You know, I wouldn't want to read it over. And if, you know, the author were to write a sequel, I wouldn't be jumping up and down to go read it again. You know, read the sequel.
1: Yeah, I, I would like to read other things by this author. Um, mm-hmm. I know that she wrote, like she's written a lot of books in, in like sort of that genre, like Waiting to Exhale, which was also made into a movie. That's right. Um, and and you know I like that one seems like it might be might be interesting to me in different ways. Um, and I'm I like I'm with you. I'm I'm glad that I read it. I I don't regret reading it. Um, but I I'm not sure that I would rush out and and read it again. And I I learned. You know, I like, I I suppose that what books do for us is, you know, they give us a glimpse into the lives of people that, that are, that, like, that we don't have the experience of ourselves. And so, you know, it was helpful in that way.
0: Right. Um, And I agree. I, I do. I think, I mean, I, without saying too much, again, feel like I understand, um, I understand, you know, things about, and and I can sort of relate because I, I, you know, people do react this way, especially who are in poverty about, you know, about how they spend their money. I think that that's what I kept coming back to the most um, in the whole book. And I think it has to do with the work that I do as well, that the people, you know, who don't have a whole lot of money, once they get some, they blow it all on something. And it's always, usually something really, I mean, you know, I'm sorry to be judgmental here, but it's often something really stupid, like, you know, something that's going to be a short-term feel-good fix, like alcohol or drugs or, you know, something they don't need uh, or, you know, buying something really silly for, for your children that they don't need. But then, you know, it's 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 all in the, I guess – and the eye of the beholder as to what's important. And sometimes you kind of want to sh- – I kind of wanted to shake these people in the book and say, you know, that's not really an important thing. You need to move on and buy other stuff like food and, and, and things. Yeah. And yeah. pay your bills. Pay your bills. That was a big one too. Because they Don't kept, write bad checks. Yeah. They kept, they kept running out of heat and light and, oh, yeah, don't forge checks. So, but, but I, you know, I, I think – Um, It was a good book to read in celebration of Black History Month, which is the reason we chose it. So to move on to our next selection, uh, I I thought that you and I had made a decision about what book to read. And then I realized that I kind of hadn't conferred with you about that. But but in the end, it all worked out uh, because you were on board with the choice. Um, I was going along the lines of we haven't read a classic before. Uh, well,
1: not since A Christmas Carol. Not, not since, since A Christmas Carol,
0: which is different. And, and I was kind of thinking, okay, we're reading a book about, you know, sort of a disenfranchised group of people, you know. Uh, and so let's keep the cycle going uh, and, and read a short, short book about, you know, not only that was a classic, but also focused on people with um, at least one person with disabilities. This is Of Mice and Men by John Steinbeck. Which I'm sure that most of us have read in high school, and so it's probably time to read it again. Exactly. Um, I know that I read it in high school, and I don't remember much about it, but I do know that I enjoyed it when I read it. And I think another reason that I picked this choice was because my other book club that I'm in is reading Grapes of Wrath by John Steinbeck. And, um, <laughs> which is not so short. No, but I guess I had Steinbeck on the brain um I didn't have to read it though because I read it during the fall classic I'm on a book review list and they have a fall classic read every year and that was two falls ago um that we read Grapes of Wrath and I read it once and I don't need to read it again excuse me it was it's a very sort of depressing book and you know once was enough but I'm looking forward to rereading this book of mice and men um John Steinbeck has written a lot of things, some long, some short, and and all the things that I've read by him are all have a very profound message. So I'm looking forward to revisiting that.
1: Yes, I think that'll be fun. I I know that that it's one of those books that I I have always meant to go back to since I was a teenager. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking forward to it because, and I feel like for the next few months, we are probably going to be reading a lot of short books.
0: I think so too. Um, But I... I, I do know that when I read it in high school, I uh, uh, did not read the origi- the long version. I read an abridged version on, on tape. Um, uh-huh. My mother was concerned that I wasn't reading enough, like, classic literature. And so for a while, she was buying me these abridged things. And this one was done very well. It was read by Gary Sinise. And he did an excellent job with the different character voices. So I'm I'm not only looking forward to reading it again, but reading the, you know, full-length version, which is yes. still very short. It's about four hours and, th- and something, and is available on both BARD and Bookshare if you need to uh, download it.
1: And I think it's available in Braille, too. So if you would like to yes. call your
0: cooperative library. library
1: and order some Braille books.
0: <laughs> order up. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually got it in Braille long, long, long ago. When I was like in sixth grade and I never read it, I sent it back because I was busy with school or something. There was some reason why I didn't read it. So I do know it's out there in Braille. So no excuse for those of you who want to read a Braille book. Exactly. You know, I should do that. I should order it because it's, it's, I should, I think I will. (laughs) You've got me motivated. Um, So anyway, in the interest of wrapping this up, unless you have more to say, that is. Nope, I think we're good. Uh, we will be back with you in an indeterminate amount of time. Hopefully we like to make it. Hopefully, not two months. Hopefully, not two months again. We don't want to do that to you. Uh, hopefully, a month, maybe mid April, we hope. Yeah. And um, yeah, so enjoy of Mice and Men by John Steinbeck. And if you want to get in touch with us on a podcast level, you can email. Bookhoarders at gmail.com. No, that's not right. It's what I always say, but it's not right. It's bhapodcast at gmail.com. And you can tweet bookhoarders on Twitter.
1: Yes. And, and our website is bhapodcast.com. And if you want to talk to us individually, I am on Twitter at Bardsong.
0: And I am Aaron Edgar on Twitter. So give us a shout if there's anything you'd like us to discuss on the show. Um, if you want to get to know us on Goodreads, we are also there as well. We are. Um, and let's see. What did I? Oh, oh, yeah. Uh, and if you have suggestions for books that you'd like us to read, please feel free to pass them along to us. I uh, can't guarantee that we will, of course, honor all the suggestions, but we will at least keep them in know, mind. In mind. Absolutely. Uh, and with that Especially said, if they're short. Yeah, especially <laughs> if they're short.
1: So we don't want to we don't want to yeah studying and,
0: a lot <laughs> yeah and so um and, and that's i think why i tend to want to steer clear of a lot of fantasy on this podcast although that's mostly what i read is because a lot of modern fantasy is so overblown in length
1: yes crazy yes. and then you crazy. can't like it it's, it would be impossible to do without like you know first you have to read the first book in the series which is 36 hours
0: and then you have yeah. to go read the second book, book or which six is 48 books. hours and yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and and because i'm I 'm at that point with the Song of Ice and Fire series by George Martin and the fifth book, which I will read, but it will probably take me about six months because it 's forty eight mm-hmm. hours long uh-huh so and and there's a lot of discussion about where whores go and <laughs> i 'm putting a bookmark every place I find that. Which means you'll have a hundred of them by the time. Probably. (laughs) Probably. Uh, But with all that said, we will see you next time. Happy reading. Yes. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. To contact the book hoarders, send email to bhapodcast at gmail.com. Follow Book Hoarders on Twitter. Call us at 520-81-BOOKS, 520-812-6657. And visit the website at bhapodcast.com.